Hello and welcome to the Freelance Teacher Self-Development Podcast. I am Mark Jones. Today I'm going to talk you uh, through uh, something that I did with uh, some of my students that seems a little bit counterintuitive. So I provided uh, video feedback for them on their writing. Now this was something that um, I wouldn't have even considered doing uh, before February this year but you know um, the whole coronavirus uh, palaver has just made um, everything that we do uh, seem a little bit odd and people are exploring ways to um, give uh, quality education to students but also like give uh, a bit more than we might have been able to do uh, before because the teaching online is not like teaching in a classroom so there's less of a rapport in some ways and more of a rapport in other ways so today it's going to be a kind of a bit of a wander between two topics uh, one is uh, writing in a second language and the other is relational cultural theory don't worry it doesn't hurt so um, the group of learners that I uh, did the video feedback uh, with um, are kind of uh, high beginner um, low intermediate sort of level um, if you believe in that kind of thing now um, it's kind of a weird thing I mean they're they're first year university students so um, they can handle themselves in a conversation no problem but um, the writing that they turn out it's a bit all over the place um, certainly punctuation and paragraph layout is deeply problematic um, it's very difficult to um, follow um, the text um, based on their paragraphing and organization of ideas uh, syntax often follows rules but it's not always um, communicative so um, we've got um, quite a struggle on our hands um, they've uh, done some writing for me um, and put in a lot of hard work and I've provided written feedback and the same mistakes get made again and again so I thought I'll try out a bit of video feedback the reason I did this was I was involved in a kind of uh, continuing professional development group that was meeting on Zoom. Um, other people who are Japan-based educators like myself, and I volunteered to do a bit about uh, feedback um, for students. The reason I did this is, uh, well, I felt like I had a bit of a gap in my own knowledge of this, so I thought, well, a bit of a deep dive into some of the literature uh, available will uh, give me a bit of a, a heads up about what I need to do to 
um, survive in my marking uh, while teaching uh, online and there was some interesting stuff there um, most of what I looked at was higher education research and uh, not really uh, second language uh, research but it is worth remembering that a lot of uh, English medium higher education uh, in uh, the countries where you know English is a uh, dominant language there are a lot of uh, second language students in those classrooms and the feedback that those students preferred uh, when looking at either audio only or written only or both was actually uh, both audio and written. Now this seemed a bit odd to me because you know surely it's less of a hassle to just take your paper and have a look see where the errors are and go and sort it out but um, actually uh, a lot of the students that were surveyed um, for the study that I looked at which is by uh, Nash and Winston um, I'll leave notes to this uh, in the uh, show notes oh it feels funny saying show notes um, well those students um, said that with written feedback they didn't really feel that they did anything with it so what I'm thinking about is do students perceive it as being a bit more personal um, when they get the video feedback where they can hear your voice or is it because they appreciate that there's kind of a bit more effort gone into it than uh, something that's typed because I mean you know typed words can seem relatively impersonal it's very difficult to write in ink on a computer screen that's uh, adding a lot more work uh, to each uh, piece of marking because it means it needs to be scanned and then uh, sent back so I thought well I'll give the video feedback a bit of a try and I was surprised at first at how little time it took me because sometimes when I'm marking um, I'm marking quite closely and although I don't write very long comments usually I am uh, taking a look at some of the things that need to be uh, adjusted in the text so things like spacing problems and you know indents um, where to break lines in paragraphs and uh, just sometimes even things like subject verb agreements and so on um, just so that students are made aware of it and they can hopefully uh, refer to something and try to avoid those errors later I mean we can talk about second language acquisition issues there and things that are acquired late but the fact is that um, my students um, will be taking uh, TOEFL tests at some point in the near future and TOEFL will uh, look at um, those 
areas of grammar like article use and subject verb agreement. So I do need to teach it um, regardless of uh, whether it's going to be internalized in those students kind of mental grammars um, but if they kind of know about it then hopefully they can apply rules uh, that they kind of memorize um, for when they're checking through their work something like that. Anyway I talked to my students um, when I, uh, after I'd uh, given them their feedback and I asked you know which do you prefer do you prefer the uh, written feedback or do you prefer the video feedback and I was really shocked that it was quite so clear-cut um, I got uh, 16 students that preferred the uh, video feedback and just one uh, didn't have a preference so um, I thought that was rather interesting now what does all this have to do with relational cultural theory you might be asking well it's kind of an interesting thing I've kind of dipped my toe into this a little bit I can't claim to be an expert at all um, but um, one of the things that um, relational cultural theory is built upon is a non-hierarchical model of uh, dealing with one another it was originally uh, brought about uh, by a group of uh, clinical psychologists at the uh, Jean Baker Miller Institute um, and it focuses on making um, psycholo psychological uh, sciences a bit more uh, approachable to people who aren't uh, basically uh, cis heterosexual white men and so we've got a bit of a different way of looking at things it's certainly less individualistic um, and it's also um, quite interesting in a way um, it was um, criticized at the start as being something that was only really for uh, white women but it's sort of changed and trying to um, incorporate um, an accessibility for um, people who are not white or not in kind of you know dominant social groups uh, groups that have less cultural capital so it's obviously appealing as uh, somebody who teaches a second language or you know if you want to say foreign language or you know basically I'm teaching English to people who didn't grow up uh, speaking or writing English um, as a dominant language in their life so um, I don't want to be kind of the arbiter of what is right as English and what is wrong and a lot of times that does kind of seem to happen in language classrooms 
therefore it's a bit of a puzzle as to how I go about this um, but one of the keys I think is egalitarianism um, so I think everybody needs to feel equal in the classroom like equal status and my job is to not say what is uh, the norm I don't set the norm but I can advise about uh, whether something seems relatively standard um, certainly um, what I tend to say is that uh, in academic English uh, some of these um, kind of mistakes that my students are making are not um, serious uh, mistakes you know they, they wouldn't really be uh, looked down upon if there were only a, a couple of uh, instances of things like this in their writing um, but uh, when syntax uh, makes it very difficult for students to communicate their message well that's when it really becomes an issue uh, so students are uh, trying to do this and then I look at the work and I can say well your writing doesn't really communicate quite so clearly and I think that uh, students would uh, and students are appreciative of this rather than me just saying you know this is wrong they can try things out and test uh, ways to communicate and we have a lot of peer marking um, students can talk to each other about whether their works are not only grammatically correct but also whether it's detailed enough and I think probably uh, one of the things I'm focusing on a lot more is whether there's sufficient uh, detail being provided uh, by by my students I think this is um, one of the ways to get around that kind of problem of egalitarianism in the uh, in the language classroom you know um, if we're talking about communication and you know being uh, competent at that um, grammar's not always the be-all and end-all um, it's often a vocabulary issue but even then if vocabulary is merely uh, simple um, rather than uh, specific at the right register it does tend to um, tends to call it, uh, to communicate a message um, but it just means it's somewhat more long-winded so that's kind of where I'm coming from with that um, this is something that I'm going to revisit um, at a later date I'm sure I have the same students uh, for another semester and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they think of this approach to uh, teaching uh, writing and whether this greater focus on uh, meaning rather than just the mechanics of writing uh, is important now going back to those video casts of course I'm looking at those uh, kind of uh, mechanical items you know the indentations and uh, spaces because it does make a first impression on a reader if you see something that's not really organized as you might expect it to be organized then you're gonna look at it um, I don't want to say in a negative light but you're going to look at it um, 
somewhat kind of askew and think like well it's it's got something somewhat different to it um, and there's probably going to be some sort of um, trigger raised in your uh, brain that you know it's going to be more difficult to understand perhaps is what I'm trying to get at and it's also quite difficult to read things that aren't punctuated well you know if you've got uh, major spacing problems here eyes gonna have problems like passing over the text and things like that so um, it's this big um, toss-up between uh, what's um, kind of easy to understand and uh, what is you know really not exactly irrelevant but you know what's something that we can tackle later so that's my quandary in this um, I'm hoping that uh, kind of making the classroom a, a very equal uh, space to be in uh, makes things uh, more effective for my students and more effective for me. So that's uh, what I'm uh, talking about uh, this week. Um, if you've got an opinion about this or if you think I've got something completely wrong please uh, don't hesitate to get in touch uh, you can get in touch uh, on uh, Twitter um, I'm at Mark Jones TYO and uh, you can also email me it's Mark with a C at getgreatenglish.com Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.